Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast, episode 15. To close out 2019, we have a special episode. I'm going to chat with my daughter, Stella Zimmerman, for a minute, and then we'll jump into our discussion of how to reflect with the future in mind. So what the episode is about is about the new year. Do you know what the new year is that we're about to go into? 2020. 2020. And so what we're talking about is how with the new year, we look back at the old year and we look ahead at the new year and how it's just kind of a good time to kind of reflect and to look forward and just to kind of think about how you feel. And I think more than anything, when we're living our life, we want to feel good, right? Yeah. Not based on another person or not based on something, but like, how do you want to feel that you are in control of, right? Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this. 2019, this past year that you've had, what are some things that you personally uh, are proud that you did this last year? What are you proud of? I don't know. You don't know? Do you know what it means to be proud? Um, what? Proud means you think you did a good job at something. So you know how when you um, are in like soccer and at the end of the season, uh, they give you a trophy. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. They do that because that's a way that you can, you can know that you did well. Well, here's the thing with mommy's job. And if you decide to work for yourself ever, there's no one that tells you that you did a good job. So it's really important whether you work for yourself or not, that you and you alone are able to be proud of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need anyone else to tell you that. You're able to be yeah. proud. So what would you give yourself trophies for this year if you could? Um, gymnastics, my tumbling class. Yes. And you know what else I'm so proud of you about? What? This summer, you wanted to do gymnastics. And the only gymnastics class that worked for our schedule was with students that were older than you. You remember that? And you did it anyway. You did it. Even though that was kind of scary to be with kids that were older, you did it and you did so well. Are you proud of that? Are you proud of the kind of friend you've been? Yes. Mm -hmm. Are you proud of the kind of student you've been? Yes. Are you proud that you've learned how to play piano? Of course. Are you proud of the kind of sister you are? Uh -huh. And daughter you are? Mm -hmm. I'm super proud of you. I mean, I could not be more proud of you. Um, I love my brothers. You do love your brothers. You are the best sister. They are so, so blessed. I think about that all the time, how lucky they are to have you as a sister. So it's really good to kind of think it back and go, what did I do well? And then also, like, what did I not do so well? Like, what could, what were some times this year that maybe upset me. Can you think of some things that maybe happened this year that you were upset about? Um, so it was this one time on the playground at my school. Mm -hmm. I came out from the bathroom and Gia, my best friend, she said, what do you want to do? Because you never really play with me. And I said, well, I do. And then we got, kind of got in a fight and she said, okay, okay, I'm not your best friend. But, but then when we got inside from school, we like 
made each other happy and we gave each other hugs and we were friends again. You know what I love about that story? What? I love that y'all were honest with each other about how you both felt and then you let it go and you moved on. Mm-hmm. Because I know that you and Gia are together all that time. But I also know that sometimes when we're with someone a lot and then we might go play with another friend for a minute, that that friend can feel left out. And so that might be how she was feeling. Well, I just went to the bathroom for a minute. Oh, (laughs) well, that's that's a part of life. That's necessary, huh? Well, I'm proud of you guys for working it out and moving forward. When I think of things also that didn't go well, you know, one thing that didn't go well, but we actually figured it out. What? Do you remember um, earlier in this year, in the mornings, the time management, right? No. You don't? It was like, we were like, Stella, we have to get in the car. And you were like, but I want to do this, but I need to do this, but I didn't eat all my breakfast, but I didn't, I didn't get to fix my hair the way I wanted and all that. And we were like, you have to get up earlier. And so mommy and daddy started waking you up earlier and now you have all that time. Yeah. So it's really about identifying like what isn't working and then making a plan for things to be better. Um, mm. What, let's see, what, what else can I ask you? What do you hope for like the next couple months? What, how would you like to feel? Happy. What would make you happy? Um, going to the beach. Oh my gosh. Y'all love the beach. You love the beach so much. <laughs> I know. Okay, but other than a destination, does it make you happy when we do like family time, like family games? Yeah. Does it make you happy when we go on hikes? Uh-huh. Does it make you happy when we sit down at the table together and all eat together? Of course. Does it make you happy when we read books at night? Uh-huh. That makes me really happy too when I get to snuggle up next to you and read because now you're a big reader. I would say I'm proud. I'd be proud of that. You can read. Almost, but not like really, really, really big words. You can read a lot of words. You can read a lot of words. So anyway, so that's what we do is we just kind of go, huh, what went well this year and what can I do better at? And give yourself, give yourself major props. For the things you did well, tell yourself you're proud. All right. <laughs> and then um, identify how you can get to that feeling that you want to feel. And for you, that's happiness. I love it. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Hey, thanks for being a guest on my podcast. Okay. Say bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs> okay. Why does it seem so easy for kids to own what they're proud of, but it's so much harder for us adults? As we head into the last day of 2019, I want to talk about how we can celebrate our 2019 accomplishments, take inventory of some things that maybe need a little work, and plan for the future. I'm a future thinker, so it's not easy for me to reflect, but we can't know where we're going in the future without reflecting on the past. I'm sharing my best end of year tips for reflecting on the past so you can transform your future. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Zimmerman Podcast with your host, CEO, wedding professional, educator, and mom, Jessica Zimmerman. In just two years, Jessica went from facing bankruptcy to taking home a six-figure salary. 
she turned a business-saving $100,000 loan into a million-dollar empire. As a creative entrepreneur, a healthy work-life balance seems just as unattainable as a six-figure income. But Jessica Zimmerman is here to show you it's possible. With the right tools and insider tips and some hard work, your craziest dreams can become your daily routine. If you set some boundaries and commit to healthy changes, you can create a business and a life you love. So let's make your business work for you. So New Year's Eve is my favorite holiday. And I think that's because there's just zero pressure. Like I've always loved the idea of a fresh start, of, of a new beginning. And I love times of reflection. I love goal setting. I love all those things. And for some reason, I don't know, New Year's Eve represents all of that for me. It's like, I guess it goes back to as a kid, New Year's Eve was a really great holiday. We did New Year's Eve parties with my friends. I'd have them over and we would cut confetti and we'd throw confetti in the living room. And my mom would even buy sparkling grape juice and we would cheers. And it was just always a really fun holiday. There was no pressure of gifts or some big meal or family or any of that. It was just fun. And to this day, it's really fun. In fact, um, I'm recording this. It's a couple of days past Christmas and the kids and I have already started cutting up confetti because we will celebrate with their friends and everything on New Year's Eve. And what I kind of like to do around this time of year, I don't just dive straight into in this case, 2020, I don't just dive directly in and go, here's what I want for 2020. And here are my goals. And, and, and here's the list and everything. I I have to kind of take a minute and look at 2019. It's so easy to just dive directly into the next thing. And, And this has been something I've kind of had to train myself to do, but to take a minute and, and reflect and look at the good, look at the bad and because that is how we learn and how we grow. And also to take time to celebrate what all happened, because I find that sometimes maybe you set a couple of goals for yourself for this year, right? For 2019, maybe they came true. Maybe they didn't. And I think it's easy. Let's just say if they didn't to look at that and just go, Oh, what a failure of a year. I'm just so ready for the new year to happen so that this can be the year that things happen. Right. And I think there's probably, if you take a second to ask yourself, well, what did go well? you'll find that things, it wasn't so bad of a year. It may not have been the perfect year. It may not have been the year that you hoped for or that you anticipated at the beginning of last year, but but it was still a good year, whether it was a learning year or a growing year or just a grateful to be alive year. But but really taking a second and, and saying like, what did go well? What went well for me personally? What went well for me in business? And what didn't go so well? Because I think sometimes taking a second to recognize what didn't go well really kind of, for me, shows me what I'm not into right now or what isn't welcome in my life. And if For example, a few years ago, I did this exercise and I realized, wow, I haven't hung out with any friends in a while. Like I haven't had any just good quality time with with my friends. And so because I took the time to sit sit down and write that down and recognize that, it also 
had me set a goal for that next year of going on a trip with a girlfriend, just having quality friend time. And I don't think I would have ever done that had I not taken the time to reflect on the year that that I just had. I think everyone looks at end of year reflection or annual planning and there's all kinds of different opinions. And to me, there's there's really three different kinds of people. There's the people who are all about a vision board and they're creative and they're all about uh, the the feelings and the, and you cannot dream too big. No dream is big enough. And then there are people that are more realistic and they set goals and they're going to use that SMART acronym and their goals are going to be achievable and time sensitive and, and, you know, measurable, all those things. And then there are people who just think it's all nonsense and they just want to take life as it comes and they just want to go with their gut and they don't want to set a goal. And I think, sure, decide what's best for you. But for me, I, it's really important for me to take a minute and and really look at what what I did accomplish personally, what I did accomplish in business, and maybe take a minute to recognize what also did not go real well so that I can make a new plan for the year ahead. I think sometimes whether you had a great year, whether you had a bad year or a frustrating year or a disappointing year, it's really, really easy to just want to move on, to just kind of forget about the past and move on to the future. But gosh, it's so important to take a minute and to examine the year. And it doesn't have to take all this time. It doesn't have to be this long drawn out process. Just grab a piece of paper, write down a few things about this past year, because that is what is going to help define your next year. For me with my friendships, I never would have planned that trip with my friend and known known really that I had needed that if I hadn't have taken the time to say, well, what didn't really go well personally? And here's the other thing that I found is when I asked myself that question, what went well personally, what didn't go well personally? A few years ago, I realized I didn't have much to write down on what went well personally. And that was because I, I basically didn't have a personal life. I was all business all the time. And so that right there was kind of a red flag. So then when I started asking myself, well, what didn't go well personally? Well, there was a lot to write down because I didn't really have much of a personal life. And one of the things that I really noticed was I was around my husband because I lived with him, right? But as far as outside of my home, I really hadn't nurtured any of those relationships. And I think I always kind of come back when I do any kind of soul searching or 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 really thinking about my life. I always kind of come back to my childhood and the fact that my sister passed away when I was young and and kind of back to that point of life isn't guaranteed for any of us. And even though my relationship with my husband at that time was really good, what if something happened to him? Like who else would I have in my life? And so it was kind of a a wake up call to to begin to nurture these relationships while I still had the opportunity. And I think also when you start to ask yourself what didn't go well so that you can plan better for your next year, what you really have to do is you have to come from a place of feeling. Because 
when we look at things and we start saying, what is it that we want? What are our goals? Or if you're someone who does a vision board, for example, you might decide to pin a picture of a beautiful home, right? A beautiful home. But what is it like? Why are you really pinning that picture of that home? Or why are you really putting the picture of that home on a on a vision board? Because you don't really have any connection with that home. You don't live in the neighborhood that 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 home sits on. You don't, you probably don't even live in that town. You don't know the architect. You don't know the names of those paint colors. Like what, what is your connection with that home? And maybe if we look at it from a place of feeling, maybe just maybe you feel like having a home like that would make you feel secure because maybe if you had a home like that, that would mean that you could afford a home like that, which meant financial security. So maybe feeling secure in your finances is a feeling that that is important to you. And so I think, you know, looking at that place of, of, of friendship for me, it was if something were to happen to my husband, man, I sure would be lonely. I don't want to be lonely. So how can I do better and work harder and make a plan with intention in the next year to not have that feeling, to secure relationships outside of my home? And so that was something that was very important to me and I did it and I've done it the past couple of years and it's been it's been wonderful. And you don't realize how much, for me, I didn't realize how much I needed that or how much that was missing until I really took the time to get a sheet of paper out and ask myself those questions and write down my answers. So it kind of all starts with just reflecting and then really looking at that from a place of feeling of how do you feel and how do you want to feel? So if in 2019 you felt lonely or you felt stressed or you felt worried or you felt out of shape or you felt weak or you felt financially insecure, maybe you want to feel the opposite of those things, right? So maybe you want to feel strong. Maybe you want to feel secure. Maybe you want to feel like you've got all the relationships you need, right? And so you basically kind of look at that feeling and you reverse engineer this into a set of goals, a set of plans, a set of dreams that is really going to work for you in the new year. If you want to build a great business or live a good life, you've got to plan for it. Every year, I take a whole month to reevaluate the past 12 months and figure out what worked, what didn't, and how I can create a life I love for the following year. I teach you my exact planning process in my program, Know Your Numbers, annual planning for your best year. If you want a free training to get some tips on planning your best year yet, go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash Know Your Numbers. That's ZimmermanPodcast.com slash Know Your Numbers. So when I look back at 2019 and I think what went well, and what didn't go so well for me personally. Well, at the beginning of the year, like the first half of the year, Brian and I were in a hard space. We were in a tough space. We just weren't really seeing eye to eye. Um, We were still dealing with some of the repercussions of his illness and trying to, you know, figure all of those things out. 
And it took us, you know, I was always in therapy, but it took us going to therapy together to really kind of start to understand where we needed to go in the future. And because of that, the, the, the last half of our year, we really came together as a unit. I really saw him again. He saw me and things have been a lot better. I also think a huge part of that was, um, for, for the past year, I felt really, really tired, just really tired. And I kind of, when you feel that tired, you, you, take it out on the people you love most. And I think that I had to really take ownership of that. And I think that for me, I kept trying to find the answer, like, why do I feel so tired? And I finally found a doctor who helped and I was able to get, you know, healed by all of that and get my energy back. And that kind of coincided with Brian and I, you know, kind of coming back together and, and being a unit and our family being in a good place. And, so I kind of had <laughs> both um, things that didn't go well and things that went really well that happened in the same year. And that's what I love about the way that I annual plan. I, I kind of break it down even further into seasons and ask myself these questions every season, every quarter, because there's no way to know when we when I create a plan in December or November for, for the next year, there's no way for me to know what all is going to happen. And that's why it's good to have a plan, but it's also good to, to be able to be flexible with the plan. And for example, for me professionally, man, oh gosh, there were, there were a lot of things that in my business that went well, but that did not go well for me. Um, I really thought that taking the whole summer off to be with my kids was going to be exactly what I needed. It was it was what I always wanted and I thought that it was going to be exactly what I needed and I realized very quickly that I missed work. I realized that I felt a little bit oh gosh, what's the word? I felt very almost rushed. You know that feeling when you just feel rushed, like you've got 12 things on your plate that you've got to get 12 errands, you've got to run in in an hour. And there's just no way that that's going to happen. That's how I felt because I always felt like there were things I needed to do in the business, but there was no way I was going to be able to do them while I was home with three kids this summer. So I always felt like behind. And when I would have a moment to, to get to work, I felt very rushed and I hated that feeling. And so that's part of my reflection of 2020 is, is asking myself, okay, so how can I make both of those things that I want to happen, happen? How can I be more present with my kids during the summer because they're out of school, but also not let go of work completely during those three months? So how can I, how can I do that? So that is, cause I don't want to feel rushed. I want to feel, I want to feel whole and I want to feel complete and I want to feel, um, accomplished. And I think that was maybe part of it is I didn't feel accomplished, like, I, cause I wasn't accomplishing anything work-wise. And so I will 
sit down and I'm going to come up with a plan that's going to make more sense for this summer. I also know that when I'm around for my business, like I'm the energy of my business. And even though my team is amazing and they work super hard and they can survive without me, it's a different kind of energy when I'm around and that my business needs that. And so I'm not going to ever be able to just take off three months in a row and with, with, with no interaction, I've got to figure out a way to, you know, be a little bit more present. I think another thing is with the business is I always felt behind. I always felt behind and I hate that feeling. Again, that rushed feeling, that behind feeling. We basically created a full-time education business in a year because 2019 was the first year that we didn't do weddings. And so it was kind of this feeling of, well, can we do this? Can we survive without the revenue of weddings? And it's funny because in 2017, I did this and I asked myself, you know, what do you want? What do you not want? What worked well? What didn't work well? And I'd gotten to a point with weddings where I had kind of done everything I could do. I mean, I worked with the most amazing clients. I got to the very last wedding I did, I had full creative control. And when I say full creative control, I mean, I got to pick out the bridesmaids dresses. I got to pick out the ties that the groom and the groomsmen wore. I picked out everything and I got to pick out the color palette. I got to, you know, pick all handpick every single vendor. And that wedding was featured in Martha Stewart. I had a wedding that was featured in People Magazine. My floral work was in a country music video by Grammy Award winners, Dan and Shay. I mean, I kind of just felt like I had done all I could do or not all I could do, but all I wanted to do. I don't know about you, but for me, when I kind of achieve what was on my list, I guess, as the highest accolade, what more is there to do? Do I just want to repeat, like rinse and repeat? And that just isn't me. And I knew that I'd achieved what I wanted to achieve in the wedding world. And I wanted to do something different. And I wanted to see what it would be like, because as, as many of you know, when you work with clients, a lot of times you can't move forward until that client has made a decision. And I thought, well, I wonder what all I could get done if all the decision-making was left to me, because I'm very decisive and I can make a decision pretty quickly. So I wonder what I could build if I could, you know, be the one responsible for making the decisions. And so I decided that in 2019, I wouldn't take on any weddings and that I would try for one year. And that didn't mean that I was going to be done with weddings forever. That just meant for 2019. I think that's an important thing too, is I really try to only look at things a year at a time. And so for 2019, I thought, let's see if I can, if my business can survive without weddings. And so we decided to go full steam ahead with education. And we opened a new program called the power of pinning. And we had to, you know, work on our marketing with our newsletters and our online presence and all of these things. And so I had to bring in more team members. I had to hire more people. So the expenses were going up and 
I wanted everyone to have their role and we were doing really good work, but because we didn't have the income from weddings, we were having to always just move directly into the next thing without really taking the time. We would take some time, but we needed more to really kind of look over what we just did. For example, with Pinterest, to look over that launch and go, what went well? What didn't go well? How can we make sure what didn't go well never happens again? Let's follow up with some of our students and see, you know, how are they doing in this week four of the program? Because we had to dive right into the launch of Business Behind the Blooms. And so it always just kind of felt like everything was about 85% done. And I'm someone who likes to get it 100% done, wrapped in a bow, put on the shelf until we need it again. And we weren't ever able to do that this year. And so I felt a little rushed and a little behind. And so I'm able to go into 2020 with a very clear plan of how to make sure that that doesn't happen. And I think also what helped with all of that is coming to a place of really realizing, and, and people say this to you all the time and you and you hear it, but it's hard to really fully grasp until you really do it yourself. And that is, for me, recognizing that I am never going to be at my best for my husband, for my kids, for my employees, for my business, for my students until I've taken care of myself first. And this past year, I really focused on that. I hired a nutritionist and I learned how to eat for my health, how to eat nutritionally, because I used to, you know, just eat like a truck driver and (laughs) ate jalapeno Cheetos and loved it, but really how to fuel my body with food. And how to every day be active. Now that doesn't mean I have to run six miles a day, but how to be active every day. So even if it's just a 20 minute walk, it's just a 20 minute walk, but learning that my body needs to move, learning that my body needs certain foods and taking the time to meditate and be still so that I can hear that voice inside of me. Those were things that I would definitely say in the past did not go well, that self-care didn't go well. And by recognizing that and writing that down led me to really put that at the forefront of a focus for 2019. And the benefits have been have been really incredible. So I think that's why it's really, really important to not only ask yourself what went well, but also what didn't go well, because what didn't go well can be turned into a goal or or something that you want to achieve in the next year or something that you want to change or shift or um, try differently. And I think it's really important because at the beginning of 2019, I had three goals. And at the end of 2019, I looked at those and I'd only achieved one of them. The other two I did not achieve. And you might be listening thinking, really? Wow. Like you really talk about how you achieve goals and how, um, you're able to make things happen. Well, I could look at it this way. I could look and go, wow, I only achieved one of three goals. Therefore, I failed. Um, This year was a failure. I just want to move right on to the next year. But when I sit down and I write down all of the things that went well, there's no way, had I achieved those other two goals, that these other things that came to me this year that were really amazing would have happened. 
it's almost like the things that came to me surpassed these two goals that I had in a way. And so I think that that's a lesson for me too in in allowing things to come. Having a goal and and is is wonderful and I like to have steps that I make towards those goals. And I did that every month. I I wrote down the steps to achieve those goals and I did them. And so I don't look at that as a failure because I worked towards those goals, but instead of those two goals coming true, other things happened that were even more incredible. One of them being the book, getting a call saying, we want you to publish the book. That was incredible. That wasn't anything I expected to happen this year. But I can't look at those two things that I didn't accomplish as failures because those had to not happen in order for the book to be able to happen. And sometimes you can't see that unless you take the time to really write those things down or to reflect on those. And I will say too, there's a huge difference in not achieving a goal even though you worked towards it and something else better coming along and not achieving a goal because you just didn't do anything to make that goal happen. You cannot write down a goal and then sit back and do nothing. I believe with all of my heart and soul that really anything is possible. I think it first and foremost starts with a mindset. You have to believe that anything is possible. And if you really want something, then you're going to commit to that. And I say all the time that it's about commitment. It's not about motivation. I'm asked all the time, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay motivated? It's not about motivation. It's about committed. It's about commitment. Just like I'm committed to waking up and brushing my teeth, I'm committed to doing something to achieve my goals. So for me, I have a monthly check-in and I do all of this in December. I block off time in my planner each month for two hours, two or three hours every single month, a three-hour time block in January, in February, in March, in April, all the way through December. And that is time for me to look at my goals, for me to write down what I need to do this month in order to make progress towards that goal. And then I set hard deadlines for those steps. So let me just give you an example. So let's just say that you have a goal this year to open up a flower cart, okay? Well, before you can have this this flower cart that is outside at a market or on the on a street corner and you're going to sell flowers to people, you're going to have to buy a cart. Before you buy a cart, you're going to have to research carts. Before you research carts and buy a cart, you should probably look into seeing what kind of permit you need to have in order to set your cart up on a street corner, right? And what process does that have? So those are, you know, looking into the permit, looking into a location and researching carts. Those are all things that have to be done before you can ever even think about buying the cart. And so those could be three easy steps that you would do in the month of January. And then you just, maybe you you assign one of those steps each week in January. And then maybe that fourth week in January is set to set the steps for February. And then before you know it, 
you have gotten halfway through the year and maybe you've done everything that you needed to do and now you're all set and you've got your cart and you've got your permit and you've got your flowers and you have paying customers because one of those months you went into advertising and you figured all that out. So it anything can happen. It's just going to take time and it takes a minute to, to sit and to plan out each individual step and to give each step a deadline and to remember that you are an employee of your business. And so just as if you were to hire someone and give them these steps as tasks for them to do, you would expect it to get done. And you would expect it to get done in the time that you said it needed to get done in. So you have to treat it the same way. So if you have a goal and you did not do that, you did not actually make steps towards that goal, that's on you. And to be honest, I, I, I have to say that comes from a place of, of, of either just not knowing how to do that, but now you do. So no excuses now, but a bit of laziness and a bit of just kind of hoping and dreaming and wishing for things to just fall in your lap. And that is not how successful people become successful, even those of you that think that that's how it happened. Even those of you who may know someone and go, oh, well, they just got lucky. You don't know everything. You don't know all the behind the scenes and you've got to always do the work. And I promise, you know, if you do the work, good things are going to happen. But you can't expect to achieve a goal in a year if you don't put any effort towards the steps in making that happen. And I also think you have to be really honest with yourself if you didn't achieve a goal about uh, your level of fear. Because I think... Dreams are destroyed in that first, those first few seconds or minutes after you, after you say it out loud or after you write it down or, or even you have the idea in the how to's you can, you start going, well, how, how would I, I can't do that. I couldn't do that. Well, how would I do that? Oh, well, I don't know anyone or I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I have never seen anybody on the side of the road with a flower cart. So that means I can't do it. You just immediately go into this mindset of, well, I don't know how to do that. Therefore, I can't do it. So you killed the dream before you even really got the chance to dream. So I really want to encourage you to have the dream, allow that dream to kind of live for a minute. Don't destroy it. Don't destroy it. Treat yourself like you would the most precious child you know. And if that child came to you with a dream, would you immediately go to them and say, no, nah, you can't do that. That's impossible. Absolutely not. No, treat yourself as kindly as you possibly can. Speak to yourself like you would a friend and and start to, you know, believe that even though you don't have all the steps, even though you don't know everything, even though you don't know the way that it's going to happen, just sit there for a second and believe that it's possible. And then just take the first step. What's the first thing that you need to do? Write it down from beginning to reverse engineer it. Before I can write a book, I got to get an editor. Before I get an editor, I've got to research editors. Before I research editors, I've got to have a manuscript. Before I have a manuscript, I've got to write the manuscript. Before I write the manuscript, I've got to block off time to write the manuscript. You see what I'm saying? Like you've got to just work backwards. And then each one of those points becomes your steps. And then you've got a plan. And that is how people make dreams come true. That's how I make dreams come true. And 
it just so happens that sometimes you get going on those steps and they lead exactly to where you want them to go. And then other times you work on those steps and they can surpass your wildest dreams. It may take you on another path completely. And so that's why you also have to be open to those things happening. But I I definitely think I have a student who last year she had a goal. And every time I talked to her, she had made no steps towards that goal. And it really honestly wasn't that hard of a goal, but she just let fear take over. And now she has the same goal for 2020. And I just, I hate that fear got in the way. She lost a whole year and she could at least even be, you know, halfway to the point, but she just was always so scared. And she got her mind and her head wrapped around the, but really how, but really how am I going to make that happen? And you just, I don't want you to kill your dreams with, with, with the how. Just allow your dream to be a dream for a second and then reverse engineer it and just start working it one step at a time. The days between Christmas and New Year's should be fun, right? For years, I wanted to love them, but instead I felt oversugared, claustrophobic, and just kind of blah. That's no way to head into a brand new year. My therapist once told me, I'm not just an entrepreneur in business, I'm an entrepreneur at life. It's just in my nature to innovate and improve. Eventually, I decided enough is enough. I can't just let the year fizzle out with this feeling of what's next. That's when I created my very own process for reflecting on my year and gearing up for the one ahead. The years I've been using this system have produced so much growth and clarity. I can't imagine where I'd be today without it. I'm about to share this system with you for free in my Finish Strong Challenge. If you want to ditch the resolutions and have your best year yet, go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash Finish Strong to sign up. That's ZimmermanPodcast.com slash Finish Strong. So going back for a second to what went well. I think this is really hard for people to do because I like to talk about and I like to think about celebrating. And this is something that I've really had to train myself to do. And I have to do it every year because it's so easy for me to just go on to the next thing. For example, um, at the beginning of this year, I made a vision board, as I always do. And one of the things that I had on there was to um, be featured in Forbes. And it was in June of 2019 that I got the Forbes feature. And I remember getting the news. I got an email saying that I was going to be featured in Forbes. And I immediately went and looked at my vision board and went, okay, what's next? And then I had to check myself. And I went, no, 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 Jessica, what are you doing? Like you, this was on your vision, but this was a dream of yours. And you just got an email saying that this is going to happen. Like take a minute. Don't just dive right into the next thing. And that's hard sometimes because when you're an entrepreneur at heart, you just are constantly, you know, wanting to do the next thing and wanting to, you know, um, achieve the next thing or or start work on the next thing. And for me, it was it, it's hard to stop, but I make myself when something good happens or when I achieve something that I wanted to achieve to stop and go, okay, let's take a moment. Let's celebrate. It could be as simple as making a phone call to somebody who I know 
is going to be wholeheartedly proud of me or excited for me and can kind of celebrate with me. It could be calling my husband or my mom or my dad or my best friend, or it could be picking up my kids from school that day and us going to get ice cream together. You know what I mean? And me telling them like, mommy did something really cool that she's been wanting to do. And it happened today. And they're like, good job, mommy. And we eat ice cream. I mean, it doesn't have to be some big party or it doesn't have to involve buying some expensive bottle of champagne or anything like that. But just taking the time to honestly, what it is, in my opinion, is to say thank you and to share and to show some gratitude. And I think that puts better energy out there than to just move on to the next thing. Because if we want those types of things to continue to come our way, then we need to show gratitude for it. And so that's been something I've had to teach myself and I continue to have to teach myself, but I encourage you to do that for sure. And then there are times like this year when things didn't go exactly as planned and then other things came my way and really being able to step back and go, okay, so these things aren't going to happen and that's okay because this is going to happen. So having the, the, the flexibility, I guess, to let go of things, to not have to, and I don't know if I would have been able to do that a couple years ago. I've always been kind of regimented with my goals, like these have to happen and I will not make it to the new year unless these things are completed. And this year was really a way of going, huh, well, maybe there's even bigger things or better things or a different path I'm supposed to be on. And by being kind of open to that, I think did did wonders. I can't really express enough the importance of examining your past year, what went well, what didn't go so well, reverse engineering that to, to really figure out what you want to do this next year. And then taking the time to celebrate and being open to also just what what comes your way. So there's always a lot of hype about January 1st. And if you're listening to this the day that this episode drops, it's New Year's Eve. Tomorrow is New Year's Day. And we feel that because everyone is excited about a new year. They're excited about a new start, a fresh start. And so we just kind of feel that energy, right? But we've all heard it said before that there's nothing special about January 1st. And while I believe that too, I definitely think I love to start the new year kind of knowing where I'm going, kind of knowing what my plan is. I love that feeling of of, of just kind of feeling secure with, with the direction that I'm going. And I think too, what works for me is that because I have those monthly check-ins, I'm not going to get too too far off course. Um, it's almost like a time to sit down and maybe maybe January I'm going to start off really well, right? I'm going to sit down. I'm going to come up with my action steps to get me towards my goal and I'm going to work hard towards them. And maybe in February I'm still on it, right? It's kind of like people who decide to um, get healthy. And man, they that that's why January is the biggest, like the highest grossing month for gym memberships, right? And then in February, they're still kind of going, but by March, it's like dead in the gym again. It's because the excitement has worn off. And if you're just doing something once a year, yeah, it's not going to last. 
That's why we have to be committed to the goal. We have to be committed to the dream. We have to be committed to the steps. And the only way for me to make that happen is to have those monthly check-ins. Because if January, I'm on fire. If February, I'm still, you know, I'm still excited about it. But by March, I'm kind of over it. Well, because I've got that, let's just say in March, I don't really do do much. Well, in April, I've got that time blocked off and I'm committed to sitting down and analyzing how I did towards my goal. And if I didn't do that much in March, I'm able to go. I think a lot of people right there go, well, this year's a bust. That goal's a bust. I'll just wait again until next year. That's not how you get anything done. We don't, you know, in the big scheme of things, you only live so many years. We have far more days than we have years. And so, no, we're not going to wait until January 1st again. It's April and we're going to get right back on track and we're going to, we're going to keep going because why would you, why would you wait? Why would you let nine more months go by before you felt that energy again? Right. And you need to create that own energy for yourself. You can't rely on that. I think everyone talks so much about it this time of year that it's easier to get excited about it, but you've got to stay committed to it and you've got to put it in your planner and you've got to make it happen and know that that is the most important thing you do that month. And so you can't move it around. And I find a lot of people do this. They'll put it in their planner, uh, 12 meetings, one for each month, but then something else, you know, maybe a friend calls and says, can you have lunch? They look at their planner and they're like, well, I'm supposed to do my kind of monthly check-in, but I don't really want to, so I'm going to have lunch. I'll do it next month. And then you do that again. And then you do that again. That three hours a month has to be non-negotiable. Like nothing can interrupt that time because that's going to keep you on track. I like to look at it a year at a time because I can do anything for a year, right? You can do anything for a year. And I used to run track in uh, middle school, junior high, high school. And so I like to look at the year like a, like an actual track. And so January, February, March are done. And I kind of see that first quarter of the track highlighted yellow while the rest of the track is still, is still black. And that just shows me like, wow, we're already a quarter of the way done. I only have three quarters left to make these things happen. And then we, we, April, May, and June have happened. Wow. Half of it is highlighted yellow and the other half is still black. So I've, I'm halfway done. I got, I only have six months left to make things happen. It just helps me to stay on track. And the truth is, is that if I get off of that track and I start running somewhere else, the further I get away from that track, really the further I am away from the finish line, because the finish line is on the track. That's where the finish line is. So I have to complete the track to 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 gain the ribbon, right? To gain the 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 prize or or the award. And the further I run away from the track, the further I am from that goal. And so maybe in March I ran off the track, but in April I need to get back on it. In May I need to stay on it. And so those that's why those monthly check-ins are really so so crucial. So in ending, I just want to say that maybe you're listening to this and it's January 1st. Maybe you're listening to this and it's April 1st, May 1st, June 1st. It doesn't matter. Today is the day. It's a great day, an incredible day to start living the life that you actually want to live, to give yourself some respect, right? And to believe 
with all your heart and soul that your dreams are worthy, that you are worthy, that your dreams are possible. Don't kill your dreams with immediately going into the hows, the how-tos and the and the how am I going to make that possible. But by believing that your dream is possible and writing down the steps and being committed to checking in on them monthly so that you really can create the life that you that you that you want because I'm here to tell you that it's so possible. I love looking at life just a year at a time because man, so much can happen in a year. Let me share with you what has changed in the past 12 months for me. Professionally, I have gone from one online course to four. I have gone from one employee to a team of nine. I've gone from doing weddings and floral to doing so many different types of things to speaking to people all over the country, to having online classes, to having so many different types of students through my different online courses. And personally, I started the year really frustrated that I had to support my family. Then we had a role reversal with Brian working and me staying with the kids. And I realized that for us, my supporting us with the business just works for us right now. I went from running myself ragged to investing in myself physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I just really began, you know, striving for contentment. It really is amazing how much things can change for the better in just one year. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast episode. I hope that you have a peaceful time with loved ones over the holiday, that you find some time to invest in yourself, and that you can celebrate your 2019 accomplishments and look to the new year and new decade with confidence and excitement. I'll see you next time. If you loved what you heard today, even if you liked it a lot, you should subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you back here next time in the Zimmerman Podcast.